Um, okay, so welcome back to another episode of the Dentistry Podcast. Um, I'm Gabby Bissett and I'm here today with Sarah Barnard, a Regional Support Manager for Practice Plan. Um, how, are you, how are you coping today in the heat? Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Uh, it, when we're working, it's just a little bit too hot and sticky. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. I always. Everyone always says you can never sort of uh, please us here in England. We complain when it's cold and complain when it's too hot. Um, and I think that's after a quite a bad start, I'd say to July. I am grateful uh, the sun is out now. But um, yeah, when it comes to working, it's it's very difficult to to concentrate. I think we are. We're talking today. Um, well, the topic we've, we've chosen today is: Is your practice future proof? which is obviously extremely relevant at the moment. Um, and it's probably a question that a lot of people are asking um, going forward. Um, and with restrictions obviously now eased quite significantly, um, there's gonna be sort of all kinds of things coming forward um, for the profession. But I mean, what are, what are some of the biggest concerns for your practices at the moment? Crumbs, at the moment, um, I think the biggest topic that comes up over and over again is staffing. Um, and that's that's twofold really um, recruitment it's really hard for practices to recruit um, interestingly I had a conversation the other day with um, a couple of mixed practices and a couple of fully private practices and the fully private practices had successfully been able to recruit staff whereas the mixed practices were still searching so I think an issue between um, associates and dental nurses having the choice and obviously choosing private practice over NHS or mixed practice. So, yeah, I think recruitment is, is a tough one and um, attracting dental nurses into um, a practice, whether it's, um, you know, they're, they're being very um, picky on pay, on salary yeah uh, enticing um you know people into into dental nursing as a profession is is tough at the moment absolutely i was going to say i think there's been a lot of conversation recently about the future of, of dental nursing and it's been a quite a scary drop in not only the number of people um continuing in that in that role but also the number of people applying for that role um and as you pointed out there i think they can afford to be picky when it comes to where they work now because there is this sort of growing shortage of, of nurses available um and the, the is is um, obviously with nhs practices you know their their funding is quite sort of strict and quite um tied isn't it so if if and um needing to pay over the odds to get a decent dental nurse you know, that that money's coming from nowhere else that so, you know it just makes it very very tight a lot of practices are running very tight ships at the moment. They're running on minimal staff um, for cost reasons and for employment reasons. But, uh -huh. you know, run into trouble if there's sickness or even holidays coming up. Yeah. Um, very, very tricky for them to keep working at the rate they're working yeah. um, with, with no staff effectively. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, there's been a number of factors that will play into the shortages, but it's, um, it's not going to be an issue, I can imagine, that goes away quickly um, going forward. Um, I can imagine you're having these conversations quite regularly with people. Um, so you're, you're a regional support manager, so, so what, what area do you cover? 
So I cover, cover the um, southeast of England, so Sussex, Kent, a um, bit of Surrey, South London. Wow, okay. Uh, you got your, your, your plate full there, you've got a lot of areas uh, you, you, you work for, yeah. Um, I mean, so as a, as a regional support manager, um, how, how do you help practices implement, say, a conversion? So if they are looking to move from NHS to private, how do you, what, what is your role? How do you help them? Um, well, we, the very first step is to have a very thorough conversation with them. You know, it's not they, they can take lightly. There's a lot of um, decisions to be made, a lot of detail to be ironed out. Um, it, it's funny, we get, we get a lot of dentists that come to us and say, right, I want to, I want to go private and I want to do it tomorrow. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> They slow down, slow down. There's a lot to think about. So um, we have very, very detailed conversations. Um, we discuss all of the options and all of the methods of how to convert. Um, because there's not just one way, you know, there, there's several different ways. Mm -hmm. And it's whatever, whatever suits them. But it's not even whatever suits them, it's whatever suits them, their business, their staff, and most importantly, what's going to be best um, for their patients to give them the best outcome. So we always look at what outcome we need to achieve for that practice. And then we build on that and we work out what, what's the best journey for that practice and oh. the best for the patients to achieve uh, the best results. And what, I mean, what are some of the key considerations then when you're having these conversations? What, what do people need to consider when, when, when um, thinking about moving to, to private practice? Um, I think the biggest ones are um, the patients, obviously. Um, but I talk a lot to my practices about really knowing that your type of patients. So you've, you've got sure that your type of patients are the type that you can convert. Even even then, you know, we, we know we've got a lot of experience and knowledge to know what we can what we can work with effectively. Uh, the other big one is you've got to have enough patients to convert. Okay. They can do a lot of calculations to um, work out what we need to retain as opposed to what you've currently got. Um, and we base that, what, um, the number of patients that you need to retain, um, that number's based on what income we need to um, keep running, uh, you know, coming in for the practice. So we do a lot of cost comparison and obviously we want to ensure that the income um, is cut, still coming into the practice. So um, we, we do all sorts of calculations and analysis. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense, given that everybody, like you said earlier, everybody's practice is different and that the patient base is going to be different. Um, I mean, yeah. are, there any, are there any common challenges that you see quite regularly in, in uh, sort of among your clients or are there any sort of misconceptions perhaps that they come to you with and you have to kind of... <laughs> um, most of them do worry about the, the end result and what their patients are going to say or react um, mm. like. Um, so we obviously hold their hand, we give them support, we give the team lots of training um, to get them prepared for that. Yeah. Um, we go a lot of communication methods with them. Um, but yeah, concerns, it is, it is how it's, um, it's going to happen. Mm. 
a lot of dentists want to do it overnight. That's, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> our view is that, you know, they just want it to happen. They've made their decision and they want it done. Um, but, you know, I always say to mine, it takes a lot of preparation. Then you actually go through the process. But then you, you, it still takes a few months to get to where you need to be, you know. So it's that ongoing support and advice that we offer our practices yeah. um, all the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you say that people want it, want it overnight. I can, I can understand that. I mean, if you've made that, it's quite a big jump, you know. It's a big decision for, for, for a practice, a practice owner to make to, to move from an NHS or mixed practice to a, to a fully private practice. Um, and I can, once you've made that decision, I can understand why you just want to sort of kick your fingers and it's just, it's just done because it can be a bit of a headache, all the, all the stuff that comes in between, um, I can imagine. Um, but I mean, obviously that's where you come in, right? Um, that's, that's what you're there for, to help sort of make it a lot easier for people and, and a little bit less overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's not just the dentist that's involved, you know, it's the whole team, um, obviously the patients but you know the team is a big big part of it because if they're not behind the dentist if they don't understand the reasons why he's mm. made that decision um then they won't get it and the, the knock-on effect of that is that they won't communicate that properly when they're talking to the patients mm. we have to ensure that we've done all of that groundwork yeah. right at the beginning before we even start communicating with the patients yeah no yeah. absolutely that that makes a lot of sense um i know i know some people you probably hear um, may come with some reservations um, or there may be some people listening who who haven't even thought about making that transition um i mean what would what would you say to those people who, who might be a bit reluctant or might be hesitant um to even sort of kick off the process my advice would be don't worry i know that's easily said but you know don't worry um as long as you you seek the help of the experts and you listen to their advice and you let them guide you through the process then you will be fine um take each step as it comes mm. uh, do everything thoroughly and properly and get mm. your hold behind you um so yeah, I've been doing this job for 18 years with Practice Plan and um, I've, I've helped a lot of practices um, move away from the NHS to private practice. Um, and I've never had a client say to me that they re regretted their decision. Um, not one of them has said, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Um, they, they all, uh, um, you know, wish they'd done it sooner almost. Um, I can get more dentists to understand that and, and have that vision and let us help them on that journey um you know that's what that's what we're here for is that is that quite common um sort of people saying to you that i i have a better work life balance now i have a better quality of life before making this move yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's, i mean that's that's kind of part of, of of why you would do it right you want to sort of make that that overall experience of, of your career is a bit less stressful and it's a bit more enjoyable. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing, isn't it? Is that patients perceive dentists as um, 
they have to be there. They have to offer a service when they yeah. want. They have to be there all the time, like a hospital. They have to be there. Um, but actually, dentists are human beings as well. They've still got families to go home to and spend time with. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're trying to preserve. You know, we're, we're not in the business to just um, cut off the NHS for loads and loads of patients. We're there to preserve dentistry. Okay, it's on a private basis, but we need to ensure that these dentists carry on working and enjoying their work. So they're offering a good service for their patients um, rather than just quitting it altogether. So, you know, that's what we try to do through our membership plans and through our process. Mm. We ensure that actually the patients get a very good dental service at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's such a good point, given what's been going on as well. I think there's been numerous studies, um, questionnaires that have been carried out that show that a lot of dentists are, are considering even just just a career change. I mean, how have you how's it been overseeing these transitions during this time? Um, is there anything you've had to do differently or has it been harder for people to make this transition during the pandemic? Um no, I don't think it's been harder at all. Um, mm. Certainly had a huge volume of um, dentists wanting to convert. Um, so we've been very, very busy um, helping lots of practices. Um, our process is, is pretty much the same. Um, yeah. Support them all the way through. Um, I think that the only thing I would say is patients patients um, expectations and patients um, understanding of the of the NHS dentistry is is unfortunate I think is yeah. probably a good way of putting it is they really don't understand the pressures that practices are under and however much we try to um, get that message across in in the way we communicate with the patients for the practices it's still really hard. Um, you know, I know when I, I've been in practice supporting a, a, a practice through an NHS conversion and I've been talking to patients for the practice, yeah. you know, start explaining the re reasons why yeah. they understand, but getting that across to the masses is quite tricky. And then you've got the social media element where they then go and, put their complaints, their frustration out for the whole world to see. And you, uh, you know, the, the poor dentists and the poor practices, they take that really personally because all they're trying to do is the best for their business and the patients. Yeah. Um, so it, that, that's, I think that's the biggest challenge is, is managing patients. Definitely. I, 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 that doesn't surprise me if I'm honest I think are you, you hit the nail on the head there with the social media thing um, and news coverage hasn't been favorable towards the profession either um, and no. I, I don't know, every, you know people believe what they read right um, it's unfortunately I mean so in some instances it can be a blessing but most of the time it can it just causes problems people have a perception of dentists as well I think it's quite an old-fashioned view of sort of their lifestyles and things like that I think they just Thing that they yeah. just have an abundance of money and they're just being ungrateful for the, the and it's and it's just not the reality anymore um it really isn't and that that's really unfortunate you know is is actually dentists are just like you and me 
they they live the same lifestyle as you and me now it's there's no hierarchy or you know a high-end society with dentists it's just not not reality um yeah, yeah. It, is, it is unfortunate it is unfortunate but um um, I mean, to, to, to finish off, um, I know we've kind of covered this in, in other questions, but just sort of to summarise, what kind of advice would you give to those who are looking to move from, from NHS dentistry? Um, so, yeah, thoroughly think through your reasons why. Mm. Um, that is quite key, um, because if, you're, um, if you haven't got a real valid all valid, but um, if you haven't got a very um, clear message to give out to the team and your patients, um, then I think it, it's difficult to keep that going. Um, make sure you've got everything in order before you make any changes. You know, seek the advice, um, get a process in place, that it's not an overnight change it takes a while to you know get there um, talk to us you know we can give plenty of advice and uh, we can their hand all the way through but there, there's real key things like you know with regard to getting themselves organized you know think ahead think what what is your patient journey going to look like out the other side how are you going to make it look different and look valuable to those patients that have stayed with you um organize your your um private fees so many practices we go into um haven't really properly thought through their um, private fee structure um their appointment book systems will have to change things like even down to things like um their nhs pension they'll have they'll have to look at um, replacing looking at their their pensions moving forward so again we can help them with advice on that we can make sure that they they they've got finances in place to protect their family through pensions savings etc um, and yeah make sure that your whole their whole team are on board and um, and yeah, prepared. <laughs> Preparation. Well, I can see why that's important. I mean, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? If that transition isn't, if the faith from the team isn't in that transition, then it's not going to be able to, how you do expect your patients to sort of get on board with it, if you see what I mean. So you need sort of everybody to, to be in the process and their hearts are in it um, to make it work successfully. Yeah, and it's, it's not only just having them on board, it's having a very clear process. All of my practices will will know that I'll be harping on about this because uh, I'm, I'm an absolute um, avid for having a process for everything and actually if you want to succeed you have to know what that process is but you need to know that your whole team are working to that clear process because that's the only way you're going to get those results that you need at the end. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really appreciate your time and I think you've given some, some good tips here um, for anybody who might have any questions sort of surrounding the, the topic. So um, yeah, thank you for, for giving those. Lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs>